Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As promised, Chris Bull, managing partner at McDermott & Bull, is in the studio. The question we're going to talk about today is how can a retained search firm find the right fit for your company's needs? But before we do that, I'd like to let you know that our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the program. And with our exclusive prospect engagement program, Critical Mass will deliver up to 23 warm prospects to each of our advertisers each year. To learn more, contact Rose Chamorro at 951-515-4661. That's 951-515-4661. All right, Mr. Bull, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. It's nice to have you here. Why don't we start by give us a little bit of your background. Just uh, the highlights. You bet. And, and first of all, I'll ask you to and your listeners to excuse me. I'm dealing with a little cold or an allergy from the Santa Ana conditions, but I'm going to work my way through this. Background. So I grew up in Houston, Texas, uh, went to school at University of Texas. That was uh, the mid-'80s. And uh, for those that remember, that wasn't the best of times in Texas. So I made the decision to move on. Uh, found an opportunity with the Real Estate Investment Banking Group uh, here in Newport Beach, California. Made the move. Always thought I'd move back to Houston. <laughs> I am uh, one of the very few that did not move back, uh, and I've enjoyed it. I think it's been 27 years out here now, and I've enjoyed myself. And so my background professionally is mostly commercial, institutional, real estate, finance. How did you get into the retained search industry then? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the, the industry, the business was introduced to me by my now business partner, Rod McDermott, who had a one-year head start on me with a firm out of Chicago called DHR International that uh, had an Irvine office. Uh, I ultimately drank that Kool-Aid, joined DHR in 2000. Uh, Rod and I became practice partners at that time, and it was the best of times in the economy and right. in the executive search business in early 2000. By the end of 2000, things were getting a little more difficult. We were spending a fair amount of time in the technology, mostly early stage venture mm-hmm. technology stuff. Uh, that business was going away quickly. And so Rod and I had always thought about the idea of taking the best of what a boutique firm can do, take the best of what we'd learned to be part of a national firm and start our own group. And admittedly, we probably started it a little bit earlier than we'd planned based on the economic conditions. So in January 2001, we started McDermott and Bull. So talk to us about McDermott and Bull. Uh, What's your differentiated advantage, simply put, why do clients choose to work with your firm? Oh, there are other firms that offer to do or purport to do a similar service. Sure. You know, I started off with a, a very early question we had asked ourselves uh, before we started the firm, and that is, who do we want to be? There's lots of ways to uh, to operate an executive search firm. Uh, you can be very narrowly defined in an industry and cross over geographic boundaries and do that nationwide, right. globally. Go deep. Uh, you go really deep, or you can do it the way we did it. And we chose to do it with a very, you know, we're fortunate enough to be in a marketplace and a geography where there's a concentration of, let's just call it both supply side and demand side. So there's lots of really high-quality companies here in Southern California to serve, and there's lots of wonderfully talented uh, candidates to pull from. So uh, we decided to be a very, very 
California, even more so Southern California uh, retained executive search firms. So that served us really well. And I think uh, to this day, the fact that Southern California is a very difficult place to relocate people to. It's a very unique environment, unique place to live. Those of us that are here think it's wonderful. Um, What a lot of people don't realize is there's a lot of California bashing in the national media that we oftentimes don't even see. So when we're sourcing a candidate on the other side of the uh, the country, uh, they've heard some of that media. You know, California, in, in addition to having the obvious tough rap on cost of living, you know, it gets a rap of financial challenges, bad right. government, right. Uh, overcrowded schools. Right. And so as we're talking to those out-of-area candidates, it's difficult, not impossible. We do it all the time, but difficult to get them to relocate to Southern California. So it's absolutely imperative that a firm like ours has a very, very deep network and relationship base here in Southern California, which is what we do. And so that's the differentiators are that, that the depth of that, um, the, the, the relationships we have in Southern California, the brand that we have as a firm, and our ability to go outside of the geography and evangelize that Southern California lifestyle for those candidates that we just have to have. Right. We're talking with uh, with Chris Bull, sorry, managing partner at McDermott and Bull. You know, we talk about Southern California kind of as one geography, and, and physically it is. But when you look at it, Los Angeles, Orange County, Inland Empire, San Diego, those are all very different markets, aren't they? Yeah, it's a great question. It comes up all the time. And, you know, when uh, when we've got a company a client based in San Diego, we have a client based in Woodland Hill, Pasadena. Those are areas that are difficult to get to from other areas. And there are a lot of really good candidates that are, are well-intentioned when they say that drive's not going to bother me at all, but right. it does. It does. And, you know, it's up to us to, to vet that out. And, you know, somebody, quite honestly, if somebody's had a five, ten-year career of driving three hours a day, I'm okay with it. They prove they can do it. That's right. a choice they've made. But if you've never done it before, you don't know that it can take years off your life. So yeah. uh, we try to avoid that. And either it needs Somebody needs to do a modest relocation, or we need to pass collectively and move on. Right, because it's not only finding people in Southern California for Southern California jobs; it's finding them that are even more tightly around the geography where you where they're going to end. Yeah, up absolutely. Unless they're road warriors, because I, I did that for nine months, drove from Orange County to downtown Los Angeles, which was 57 miles one way, which could take less than an hour, or it could take over three hours. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, and it's, like I said, that's my constant line. It takes years off your life. <laughs> and uh, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest anybody do that, and we take that into consideration when we source candidates. Okay, Chris, one of the things that we, I was talking about before you came in and when you sat down is, you know, we're going to kind of explain a, what a retained search firm is. CEOs, middle market firms, I think they might understand it. But just to make sure, why don't we, in the few minutes that we have before the next commercial break, why don't you help people understand from McDermott and Bull's perspective, what does that term mean? Yeah, so you put a firm like McDermott and Bull into the category of retained executive search firm. And so what that essentially means is the retained portion means that a company, a client of ours, is paying us a retainer up front to engage us in the process. And our commitment to that client is we're going to go out to the marketplace, we're going to dig deep. First of all, we're going to clearly understand what success looks like in their mind, You know what that cultural fit is to that company, and then we're going to go out there and 
primarily source those what we call passive candidates, those people that are gainfully employed. They may not have updated their resume in literally years. We find them. We call them. We introduce the opportunity. Uh, they're intrigued. We uh, we uh, vet them for the right, uh, the right fit. If that all sounds good, then we invite them in. We spend a lot of one-on-one FaceTime with them and decide if they're the right type of fit for what our client's looking for. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting prospect because in a marketplace like this that, you know, I argue that we're at full employment at the senior executive level for really talented people. Wow. So if you are a company looking to bring in an absolute A player, it's not easy to find somebody that might be in transition and available to make a move. You've got to recruit somebody away, and that's what we do. Right. And and that's, as you're describing your business model and your philosophy with you and your partner, having, having the ability to go deep in Southern California with such a large population center is really important because finding those passive candidates, it's not no disrespect to a small city in the Midwest, but we're we're not Des Moines, Iowa, or something, right? I mean, we're we're major metropolitan areas that, are, that just happen to be up against each other, but are very different. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. I'll go back to your comment about geography. It's it plays such an important part in recruiting here in Southern California. And when I see some of our competitors from outside the marketplace that come into Southern California <laughs> to service yeah. one of the companies here, it's hard because right. you really don't understand the dynamics, the landscape, the traffic patterns, the cost of living, the difference between what a house costs in Corona versus what a house costs in Huntington Beach, right. et cetera, et cetera. So there's extreme advantages to being local. And I happen to be a big advocate of, you know, when a company is looking to do a formal, you know, in- engagement, find a good quality boutique uh, retained firm in your marketplace. Because I, I get invited to go to other parts of the country to do search, and I have to say no. I appreciate the invitation. I appreciate the confidence, but I'm not as good in Dallas, Texas, as I am in Orange County, California. I love what you just said there because I think more entrepreneurs should hold their line on what they know they do well and not get teased into going into markets where they underserve that market because the revenue is enticing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and by the way, I haven't always uh, been so the level of conviction around that. I learned the hard way. <laughs> Well, many of us do. That's yeah. why I do this radio yeah. show, right? Yeah. Lessons yeah. learned. Yeah. All right, we're talking with Chris Bull. He is the managing partner at McDermott & Bull. We're going to take our commercial break, and when we come back, we've got more to talk about, especially around middle market firms, which McDermott & Bull has great experience with. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Chris Bull, mm-hmm. managing partner at McDermott & Bull, is our guest. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 16,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the radio show appreciate your continued and your growing support. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, hundreds of middle market businesses' websites where we've had their CEO on a radio show and they put the player on their website, as well as various other business-oriented podcasting services. Chris, I like to ask our guests when appropriate to share their guiding principle. And what we mean by guiding principle here on the radio show is of all the things you've learned in your business career, uh, have you developed uh, with your partner kind of an overarching philosophy on how you approach the business and how you're growing it into the future? Sure. Okay. Yeah, it, it may sound incredibly fundamental, but character, whether it's uh, in, uh, recruiting internally for our own firm and we're a firm made up of roughly 30 professionals, or certainly as it relates to uh, 
uh, recruiting on behalf of our clients. To the extent we can do that in the interview process, and we work really hard to do it, that you, you hire for character. And I didn't just learn that in this industry and in this business with McDermott and Bull. I learned it earlier in my career, and somebody shared that with me. And it's not always easy to, to vet against that, but to the extent you can do it, I see it all the time in the interview process. As I'm going through, I'm asking certain questions, and based on the way those questions are asked or answered, or you know, literally the way the the way people answer those questions, right, not you, what they say, yeah, it, or what they don't say. <laughs> so it sounds incredibly fundamental. But I think over the years of, of being in this business, I've gotten uh, better at my craft of interviewing and selection. And to the extent you can get around that uh, that character question, you hire for character. Excellent. You know, as you answer that. That question. I was also thinking about your model because uh, having been in the corporate world for a number of years and having a few corporate relocations, I recognized that I was not operating at full strength during that time. I mean, it takes you a while to relocate, to get acclimated. If you're married with kids, there's there are a lot of distractions in your life. And when you come in at a senior level position for a middle market firm, which are really strategic hires, the company really needs that person engaged as soon as possible. And that can really be challenging for the candidate because you're trying to manage all the stuff at home and show up in a way that delivers value early. Yeah, I, I think you've got a good take on that. I'll add one more thing to that. Um, you can have a candidate that's absolutely knocking the cover off the ball over a period of six, nine, twelve months, and they walk in sheepishly to the CEO and share that they've got to move on because a trailing spouse does not like the uh, move to Southern California. Right. Didn't know what we were getting into. Didn't, didn't know what we were getting into, and uh, the client says they were they were doing such a great job for us. The candidate loved it, but that trailing spouse, male or female, just may not feel like it's a good fit. Right. So it's not. A good fit yeah right and it's going to detract from their performance it's an expensive mistake to make it is and it's on it's equally unfair to the candidate yeah right because they pulled themselves across country i always say to people it's more important that the candidate makes the right decision almost than the company because the company will ultimately recover but for you it's on your resume now you've got to deal with it you've got personal things to go along with it so people look when you're looking for a job, really be a little bit selfish about the next job that you yeah. take. Yeah, It's easy to evangelize or to oversell the Southern California lifestyle right. when you're talking to candidates on a different part of the country. Because especially this time of the year, getting into the winter. Yeah, especially this time of year. But, you know, it, it, you've got to be true to the candidate. To, to your point, it's an expensive mistake to make for everybody when you make it. And so, to be fair, you've got to be able to talk with candidates about those things that might be perceived as less than ideal in that Southern California lifestyle. And we can easily talk about those for about the next half an hour as well. So you need to be frank with that candidate because I'd rather them uh, hear about it in our first or second conversation than right before the offer is made or even worse than that, six, nine months into the employment. Right. My brother, I, my brother's three years older than I am. He brought me out here after I graduated in, from Pittsburgh, the University of Pittsburgh in December. And right. We left there in Jan. <laughs> it was January. Yeah. And you I'd have been here before, but it was always the summer. Come out here in the winter, quote unquote, and it's 70 degrees in sure. the palm palm trees are swaying and two weeks into my month vacation i had a job a girlfriend an apartment i had everything back in pennsylvania yeah. i was like dude i'm not going home right because you can fall in love with the climate yeah but you also then and it took me six months really i remember the six months of acclimating and i was a single man really with no responsibility just to find a job to really get into the southern california lifestyle yeah sure so it's not always easy to do all right we're talking with chris bull he's managing partner at mcdermott and bull let's help Middle market CEOs that are listening to the radio show. We have about five minutes left here on the radio program, Chris. 
help them to understand when they should look at a strategic hire and consider a retained executive search firm. Yeah, thanks for asking. That's that's a nice softball. The uh, you know, the first thing I'll, I'll, I'll reference real quick is you know the retained executive search business has been around for decades, but primarily used by larger Fortune 500 companies for years and years and years. And at one point, the middle market said, "I want I want some of this. This is a good service offering. Uh, we don't have it in the middle market." So that's allowed firms like ours to exist and service that classic, classic, in this case, Southern California middle market. So, uh, you know, the companies that are, when the difference between good and outstanding in a functional leadership role is key to the enterprise, think about uh, a retained search firm as a solution. Because if good is good enough, you can do it yourself. There's lots of tools out there that can allow you to, with a little effort, do some internal recruiting and get your, you know, good candidate. But if outstanding is the absolute mandate for that hire, then, you know, you probably need to go out there and hire a firm that will, our offering, what we, our commitment to our client is, we'll go out there and we'll search the the passive job market and find a slate of hireable, not a large slate, by the way. If we're doing our job right, it's four to six final candidates that should all, if we're doing our job right, be hireable and it should be difficult to narrow that field down to two in order to ultimately hire one. Again, we're, we're looking for that culture fit. We're looking for that track record of success. We're looking for that that understanding of the industry vertical they're getting into. And, you know, that's our commitment. It's not easy. Uh, we have to, as a colleague of mine puts it, we have to kiss a lot of purple frogs mm-hmm. to find that final slate of four to six to present to our client. And by the way, it's important for you and your listeners know, you know, the process is 90 to 100 days. Uh, it's not done overnight. So if somebody comes to us, and this is not unusual to hear this, you know, we need this person and we need this person in the next 30 days, we have to gracefully pass right. and say that that's just doesn't play to our strength. Right. They're not going to be happy with the process, yeah. right? They're going to yeah. be, yeah. So you said something that I have, because I think it was tongue in cheek, or maybe it's not. When, in your experience, does a middle market firm have an executive level position open and they can accept good not outstanding it's not my experience working with middle market firms that when those when those positions come open they can accept a not an a player i hate to use that term because that sounds kind of, to me that sounds kind of like yucky frankly but to get the right fit of the person i mean do you really i mean do you, it, it you know to answer your question rick it's it's generally less sophisticated companies that will share that good is good enough. Okay. Surprisingly and disappointingly, I do, I do hear that a fair amount. Wow. Uh, it's one of my qualifying questions when I get a call and somebody's <laughs> like, oh, should I think about a solution like yours? And I ask that question and the occasional good is all I really need for this role. I said, let me give you some tips on how to go out there and find good. Right. Because they're available. They're available. Right. And they're uh, on the job but, boards. But, uh, you know, rock stars are hard to come by. They're hard to find. They're hard to convert. Uh, they're hard to close. Right. Yeah, because the passive job market, there's a reason why they're not looking, right? They're not unhappy and they're successful would yeah. be my assumption. Yeah, I just, just this afternoon before I came over here, I was talking to a candidate who was speaking with one of my colleagues. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat interested. I haven't uh, revised my resume in over 10 years, uh, but this sounds interesting. And so my... Uh, my recruiting partner put me in touch with this person. I talked to him for a good half an hour, helping them understand exactly what the opportunity is, what the, the vision is, what the sex appeal might be to him. And at the end of the conversation, he said, I think it'd be foolish for me not to mm-hmm. give this a closer look. And I can disagree. 
Chris, I'm talking with Chris Bullis, managing partner at McDermott and Bull. Do you find when you sort of heat up a passive candidate, maybe that job search wasn't right for them, but does that then create a touch point maybe for future searches when you've got them sort of thinking at least about, you know, the opportunities outside yeah. their company? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think I know where you may be getting at. I think it's it's wise for executive level corporate folks to, you know, have a few relationships right. in the executive search business and, right. and, and, and have them think about you and to the point where if it's not the right opportunity for you offer up trying to help them and hey I know a couple people that might be the right individuals for your particular your particular search engagement and we remember that we right. appreciate that and that that's a person we're going to be calling again with future opportunities because by no means is every opportunity is, has the same level of appeal to a candidate but when I talk with somebody about today it might not be the right one you know next month I may have one that hits the middle of the target for them right because unfortunately all too often I have seen over my career in the corporate world that people successful people are so driven about the job that they don't really think about, well, what if I don't want to be here anymore kind of a thing? And they don't have these relationships that they should have. It's an investment in time away from delivering results for their employer. I understand that. But the, you need to do that to be in, in charge of me, Inc. Yeah. No, it, it's wise to do it. It's, I, I talk with business leaders, functional business leaders, CEOs, uh, often that will talk about you know the relationships they have with, with search professionals like me, and they said it's imperative because right. uh, I need to leverage them on occasion to do a search for me, and other times I need to leverage them to help me find something new. Right, it's only a good business practice, and yeah. so not everybody that listens to the radio show is our, is a CEO and a, a top executive. Some are uh, executives who are looking to move up. And that's an opportunity as well, right? You're a successful C-suite person, maybe not the CEO, and here's a chance to be considered for that position. And, and by the way, Rick, I mean, uh, different search firms do it a little bit differently. With our firm, we'll go on occasion a little deeper into the organization. So it's just not the C-suite. Uh, it's We do a lots of VPs of X okay. and the occasional director of X. Okay. So uh, we will go, into, go, go deeper into an organization to help good clients of ours. So if someone wants to learn more about McDermott and Bull, how do they find you online? Yeah, go to, uh, you can either type in McDermott and Bull, go to MB Search, M as in Mary, B as in Boy, search.com. Our website is it's pretty well crafted and tells a good story, and it'll help you either put your resume in our database or inquire about the idea of doing a search. One of the other things that I really have been impressed with your firm, and you, it's a commitment that, that as far as I can remember, your firm has been committed to, and that is helping helping professionals in the Southern California marketplace network and and meet people and learn. And your mixers and the other things that you're doing, it's a part of your business model, isn't it? It's a commitment you and your partner have made to the community. Yeah, I, I give uh, I give my partner Rod a lot of credit for that. He had a vision years ago of of trying to help out those you know senior level executives that might be in transition for any one of a number of reasons to kind of help them network and and stay connected. We have a, a group called the McDermottable Executive Network, which is quite large here in Southern California and the Bay Area. We get that group together. We have kind of separate groups. We have working member groups. We have groups in transition. We break them out into functional areas, smaller groups. So there's it. it's not really a business um, initiative. I shouldn't say it's a business. It's not a profit center. It's a cost center. Exactly. Yeah, but it's it's the right thing to do for the marketplace. And, and that's why it, I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, it pays back in volumes. And I'm glad we do it. And I appreciate the fact that Rod thought of it years ago, and a lot of energy goes towards that initiative. I I think it's good karma. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. All right. Well, I hope you've 
enjoyed the interview that I've just done with Chris Bull. I have. He's managing partner at McDermott and Bull. I would strongly encourage you to consider looking at their website, learning more about the services they offer. Thanks for being a friend of the radio show and a part of our community. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate the invitation. Oh, my pleasure. All right. I'd like to thank our advertisers for supporting the program. Bandman University, Center Club of California, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our producer was Crystal Nunley. We have a whole team of people that help to make this show as professional as it is and content-rich. If you know of anybody who would like to be a future guest on the radio show, reach out to us on our website, which is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. This is your host, Rick Franzi, saying until I talk to you the next time, I hope all of your business decisions move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 